Hello, and welcome to another episode of HR Nightmares. I'm Lisa Leith, and if you like what you're hearing, we always encourage you to hit subscribe so you get notifications on when the next episode pops. But we've got an awesome episode today. I'm really excited. Mm. Um, friend of mine, uh, Bo Gunn, is here as our guest, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amy Conway, who you know and love. Hello. And um, we're going to be giving some free HR advice. So HR Nightmares is listened to across, I think we're up to like 41 states, uh, with people writing in that are either employees of companies or general managers of companies, owners of companies. Also, other um, HR colleagues tend to write in and are listened. So we've got kind of like a full audience space. But we talk about um, lots of HR nightmares and stories that we've learned along our 20-year professions as, as HR leaders, but we love hearing from our guests on your stories, too, um, and helping our listeners avoid HR nightmares. So that's kind of the whole thing is instead of writing a book and sitting down, we're all very impatient, so we like just getting behind a microphone and yucking it up about HR nightmares. So I feel like you should be talking to my HR director about me. If it's called <laughs> HR. No, I'm just kidding. Send them in. <laughs> We're always looking for interesting guests. We're happy that. to help help them. Well, Absolutely. Thank you for me. Yeah. So tell us about. Um, so I want to introduce you. So proper introduction is Bogan is a general manager of multiple businesses. So this guy is kind of like a media guru in southeastern North Carolina, uh, but he's he's got a, several different radio stations, a digital news site. Check out Port City Daily. Although he doesn't write the content, don't hit him up That's if right. you're bugged by any of the articles. Um, and he's also a consultant for Live Nation, which is a pretty good, cool gig. Uh, he runs the company Bowgun Presents, not to be confused with Bowgun Presents. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard there's a lot of money in presents, though. Um, and he's a talent buyer and a concert producer. So you got to tell us all about this. What's it like to be Bowgun? It's, it, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, um, I kind of fell into the concert producing side of my life and business through the radio stations, kind of as a need to promote the penguin which is the the radio station that i program uh in 2008 we did a show to celebrate our fifth birthday the penguin's fifth birthday and uh we made a little bit of money then we did another one and then all of a sudden one day i was like oh gosh i think we have a a concert business that's awesome so and and mainly we work uh with with subcontractors like to produce those shows but so we we get to work from you know the the biggest of stars like Willie Nelson, right on down to um, you know people that that are responsible for taking tickets and um, helping to produce the show at the granular level, like you know loading, security, stuff like that. So that's so cool. So how many famous people have you met, Bo? <laughs> famous people that I have met. That's a good question. I, tell I, tell I, us about your most starstruck you know, moment. Willie Nelson was my Willie most, Nelson. Willie Nelson was my most starstruck moment. So kind of. When you're in the concert business, probably any business where you're where you're managing stars or working closely with them, I think rule number one is probably act like you've been there before, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, keep it cool. Uh, probably don't stop and ask for a photo. Make sure your staff isn't stopping and asking for a photo. However, it's Willie freaking Nelson, yeah. right? So uh, we had just had our first child, Maya, who was I think maybe five or six months at the time. Uh, bands come fully equipped with all kinds of staff there, including a tour manager. So if you are going to do something like that, you usually go through the tour manager. I'm like, hey, can I, you think we can get a picture of Willie Nelson? My daughter's here. She's just born like really kind of buttering him up. But it was. Did you get the picture? I got the picture. Awesome. Um, However, he does an eye roll. He's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So he's like, all right, if Willie's going to get off the bus, he walks straight to the stage. You stand right there. No conversation. Just stand there. He'll stop. Take the picture. 
he makes it clear like 10 times, do not talk to Willie. He's in a hurry from bus to stage, which is only like a 20-foot run. Well, Willie gets off the bus. He's walking. I'm standing there, and my wife is there and daughter. Well, he starts. Willie starts talking to me and asking questions about Maya, and I'm looking at the team like, "Am I at least allowed to yes. answer the question?" <laughs> right, right. And I did. I mean, I figured, you know, Willie's the boss, but um, that starstruck moment. Um, Chris Robinson of the Black Crows. Oh, that's cool. He is one of the was so sweet to us. Um, I, and you hear nightmares. I bring that up because talk about talk about it's like HR the opposite. Nightmares. Yeah, there's like songs written infamously about how Chris Robinson can be difficult. He and his brother get in fights, they break up. Unless maybe that's just kind of a marketing thing for the Black Crows. But uh, all PR he, is good PR. He was he was <laughs> incredibly kind to us um, and has been each time we've worked with him. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Um, okay, so coming at this from yeah the HR nightmare standpoint, I mean, what's it like to work with celebrities on a regular basis? I mean, day in and day out. That you gave us one example of. Like, hey, this was somebody you really looked up to um, and was kind of a musical icon for you personally. But like for other people that maybe you don't even like their music, know their music, but you get them to come to the to the amphitheater and you're promoting their concert and you just have to work with them. Like everything, like you said, from like um, making sure their bus has a great place to park. They right. don't get commandeered by a bunch of like excited patrons. You've the, the contracts are buttoned up. You've got all the lighting, the sound, the like. What's it like to work with these well, people? I think you know you have the the artist who's usually generally well taken care of by his entourage. But you got to remember that there is a crew of anyone ten to twenty people that are on the road, living out of suitcases. They really are dependent. Um, upon your staff to make that day warm and inviting for them and to go as smoothly as possible. And if you don't have that buttoned up, whether it's, I mean, generally you have to have meals provided, easy parking, things like that. I mean, proper equipment to maybe load the stage on and off. Um, so you have your star at that level. They may not, they don't really experience any of that. They kind of hop off the bus generally and play their gig um, if they're big enough. But if you don't have, a warm, inviting, and well-run opportunity for their lower-end staff, you can really screw up the entire day, the entire performance. I mean, if they're not happy, it will get back to the artist. It will get back to the agent. And um, and unfortunately, you know, I had to learn that the hard way on several occasions starting out, you know, just basic things that they were used to with, with veteran promoters that we did not have and provide that you quickly learn about. And then you kind of imp you, you impress upon your subcontractors or staff that, you know, these are the people that will make the job really difficult on you that day if you don't have have it buttoned up. I mean, so. Yeah, I could just like picture people are always interested in like how you got to where you are. Anybody who's sitting in the guest seat, it, they, they, people always want to know, like, what's the journey? And it sounds like you have a really cool job. But most people probably think, oh, you got to like you just got to love music and you got to like love to party. But in reality, there's like a whole, you have to have really strong relationships with all these subs. So they show up on time every time. And also like you have to be the ultimate organizer and prepare. You you must love preparing <laughs> or you have a team that loves I preparing. Love, I have a team that, that, that pays attention to detail. He's like, I'm like the artist that kind of shows <laughs> up and you're like, I really like to party and I love music. other people you know, are the like, preparers. I, I was just upset. Let's put it this way. I was upset when Willie stopped and talked to me. No, <laughs> no. Um, you, you do have to, um, you do have to prepare. Uh, you had, you had, uh, we'd kind of talked about it before, like about like just union staff and loaders yeah. and stuff like that. Um, in which case I have ran jobs where there wasn't a union house operated and there is, I really genuinely, I like working with unions. There's a level of, of at least in, in the concert business, which is my only experience there of professionalism and experience. Oftentimes they're, they're, they're more well-paid because concerts are going to mm -hmm. make 
a, a good bit of money. And um, usually the agents and managers and artists take some of that. But if you have kind of like, look, this is a, a dictate on what they're going to make an hour. There's just a level of professionalism um, and reliability mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. especially when you're talking about someone that might hinges on a, a something like that. A loader doesn't show up. Two loaders don't show up out of eight. That's a big difference on how long it takes to unload and load a truck at the end of the night, beginning of the day, all that sets the tone. And I, I can tell you from experience that uh, a bad day for the, for their staff, the band staff will make it back to the agents and management, whether the artist thought it was the greatest time ever, most likely they won't come back to that city. Hmm. So um, like a lot of things in life, first time to make a good impression. Um, and, and you really have to make sure that those attention to details right on down to, I mean, it's crazy. We've all heard like, green M&Ms on the rider and things mm-hmm. like that. Oftentimes they have quirky things on their riders, which is like, you know, the, the list right. that comes. Yeah. Um, they have those to make sure that you're paying attention. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily because someone wants green M&Ms. It's because they want to make sure, make sure you read page six. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. And, 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 um, and make sure that you've read that and you've paid attention to it. Yeah. And you've taken the extra effort. The details. It is, and by the way, I've never ran into an, a, a, a rider with that. Someone needs Something green M&Ms. Stupid. There's been some stupid stuff, but green. I mean, like what kind my, of stupid stuff? Oh gosh! Like Blanton's. I only want the L horse on the top and stuff well, like that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess to be fair, that. it's not. Well, that's the thing is, it's not. Um, it might not be stupid, but there, uh, there. It seems like every band of requirements. Not necessarily if you can play bass well or drums good. Is you got to have a vegan in every band, and then you got to have impossible <laughs> things to find for the vegan in every band that may or may not be at Whole Foods or Special Tidal cashew sauce, right? And right. Totally stuff like, stuff like that. And it's like you talk about a nightmare. It's like okay, it says this particular kind of almond butter, and I haven't found it in eight places. Like, do I keep driving around, or is what kind of almond butter? Is it yeah, okay? who do I break yeah. it to? So, and sometimes you have. It's an intern or someone, and it's like, uh, okay, man, yeah, you spent six hours shopping that rider. Let's let's get back here. But yeah, that is interesting about so um, about the unions. So there's a lot going on, uh, just like in 2023, with regards to union organizing. Um, we even have here in little old Wilmington, North Carolina, we've got like a Starbucks that unionized on Middle Sound and Market no Street. Kidding. Yeah, the first one in North Carolina, I think, and they just did it in the last couple of months, but. Um, you know, there's a whole I, it, it, it's crazy, but it's not crazy because think about this. Like you've got um, all this quiet quitting going on. You've got overworked employees like we're asking people for not just discretionary effort, but can, give me 110 percent, 110 percent of the time. Right. Um, we've got unrealistic expectations in a lot of companies. We have bad communicators leading companies. I mean, it's kind of not surprising that unions are getting a little spotlight again. But I do um, understand when you're you've got to run a show and run of show isn't just like what songs are the, is the artist going to play during the show. It starts many weeks in advance. Definitely right? many weeks in advance to lead up to that date and yeah. months in advance to, you know, to book the band. You know, it doesn't take that long to book them. But the planning, yeah. you know, the they're planning. routing. We're routing right. fall right now. Like but we're booking bands of, for the fall. Yeah. 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 Then you and think of the run a show and union folks. And like when you think of union jobs, it's usually not optimal for business owners because you want people to be able to flex and cross train. But when you have a very specific run of show, especially that day with loaders and bus drivers and ticket takers and like. It is kind of, I could see how that could be helpful when everyone knows exactly what their job is and they stick to exactly the, you know, it's siloed. Yeah, the jobs. expectations are super clear yeah. and you just want experts that have, yeah. they're, they're kind of the same process. They're getting paid well, so they're going to show up on time because they want to make that 
they want to make that really good hourly rate. Um, and the expectations are super clear. So I would think that, yeah, that could be very For me, helpful. who was kind of learning on the job as I went, <laughs> like I didn't set out to start a concert production business. I kind of, I mean, I didn't know too much about unions, but assumed like, oh gosh, that's going to be more money. And maybe they're going to hold my feet to the fire here and there. And it has been just uh, a, a wonderful experience all around. And I do feel like it's, it's a fair shake. Like given the opportunity at times, it was like we budgeted this maybe for the loaders or, or you know, the people who really make the job uh, or the day-to-day operations run, make sure the equipment's there and set up. It would be tempting for especially a promoter starting out to kind of go on the low end of that yeah. or maybe find the guys from the local bands here and there. But there's, again, a level of professionalism and and those, um, those bands and, and crew that are on the road that work with union houses or non-union houses, they recognize it right away. They recognize mm-hmm. when they can kind of use that inside lingo to say, go set this up here rather than explaining what front yeah. of house stage means or stage <laughs> left. It's, there's a, a, yeah. a difference. So I, I personally, I think I thought it's maybe um, that I would have a negative experience or potential negative experience. And uh, I, I, I haven't. Um, and I've enjoyed it. Cool. So I'm curious, going back to just like some general jobs, you know, like what if someone was out there in school right now or college, like, are they getting a degree in a certain field? What kind of entry level jobs are they working in? Like, what is kind of the career path? Obviously, you had some different things that led you to what you're doing. But what would you tell, you know, our listeners that are kind of at that entry level, I'm really interested in this as a path, but I don't know how to get there. Yeah, I I believe in this. If you if the opportunity is there pretty much for any job, but but is an internship. I mean, mm-hmm. if and if you have the means to do so, even if you've graduated, I mean, if it's like hey, an unpaid opportunity to, you know, just get your foot in the door that way, improve your worth, um, learn from, you know, take it as maybe it's not um financial compensation. I recognize everyone can't do that, but, you know, just the education part of it alone can be worth so much, um, so much money in and of itself. Where'd you intern? Uh, the Penguin? I interned at the Penguin. Okay. I did. So I'm a very firm believer in that, which is, um, just to kind of reiterate, I'm the program director now, but, um, I interned at the Penguin and, um, my internship started on the Penguin's first birthday. I, I didn't get a job right out of college, but a few months after that, I heard an ad on the Penguin for salespeople, um, got a job then, and then um, had the opportunity to program the station, which is unrelated to, to my sales job there. And, but and you got a degree in communication. I did. Right? Yeah. And I, and I don't think, you know, the comm studies degree did not prepare me to run a radio station. Okay. Um, but it did give afford me the opportunity to have that internship. I don't think I would have been looking for a, a radio station internship had I been, you know, uh, studying, you know, physical education or something like that. Yeah. Right. So what what do you think about terrestrial radio versus satellite radio and jobs in either one of those? Like, should 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 students at UNCW aspire to be a program director at a terrestrial radio station or should they be thinking about other types of media to direct programs for? You know, I think that it is what if you're kind of narrowing down the field that you want to maybe be a program director of some sort, then it it probably is follow your passion. Um, Satellite versus terrestrial, there's going to be a a lot more jobs in the terrestrial radio field. Um, It's interesting where does that FMAM, you know, kind of think about it, where does FMAM exist years from now? And I don't it's not a a versus like satellite, like it's kind of it's had its day. It's existing over here. FM and, uh, you know, radio itself, uh, traditional radio is still, you know, making more money than it ever has. So Mm. those two things can coexist um, and have no problem coexisting. 
Um, but it's like, where does, does the FM signal, I mean, AM is kind of where it is, but does terrestrial radio eventually morph into you're streaming like, you know, streaming from the app of the radio station rather than relying on it right now. It's still about 80%, maybe even 85% on average, um, listeners to a radio station still Hmm. tune in through the traditional bandwidth versus streaming. Um, who'd you intern with? Who'd I intern with? A retailer. A retailer? Yeah, it was like a Saks Incorporated company. I don't even know that they exist any longer. I think it was one of their brands that dissipated. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was so good at my job. No, I was like an intern. It was cool, though. I was like an – I was the only intern in this huge department store in downtown Indianapolis. And – I did everything. I mean, I would like sell shoes on the weekend and work in customer service. I did some gift wrapping and I would work <laughs> the cash room. Did you and, have to? Yeah, I, I did all kinds of stuff. Did you have to? Did, I had to interview for my internship. I think it was kind yeah. of a check the box. I don't think there was a, a room of full of people trying to get this position. But <laughs> but even that experience alone, I mean, it was like that was my first interview mm-hmm. in a professional setting. I was still in the college. Like, I cannot, I, I just love that opportunity. For anyone who's trying to start yeah. out, you know? I loved it, the internship just for exactly, like I said, I mean, I worked for a company that we had a lot of interns, you know, for two decades. And we had a lot of interns, but they didn't get anywhere the kind of experience that I did by work being the only intern in a three-floor, 400,000-square-foot store and just, like, running around the building doing yeah. everything. Being yeah. a gopher. Yeah, I mean, I accidentally set off the um, I'm being held up and robbed alarm. Oh, no. I was working in customer service one day, and Wonder I was, like, under the does. register. And I think I, like, hit it somehow. I was, like, searching for something under the register, and all of a sudden, like, police were in the building. And I got in a little bit of, like, trouble for that. But I wasn't in trouble, but I think people afterwards thought it was a moron. So. <laughs> Like, it okay. was a new hire. I had to really prove myself after that that I was not a moron. Oh my god! Yeah. But but yeah, I think that especially in a, a like events and media and different things, there's so many different facets that go along with that job, and so many nuances from the people producing to the people hosting, right? And yeah. I feel like you—that's a good place to start. There's kind of entry level positions, but I don't know that they have. You know that what's the word? I'm like um. Ele- ele- like elevation. a career, like career passion. Right, correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so you can kind of get your feet wet there. I imagine if you're determined enough, it might make some good networking and some end roads. But um, yeah, but there's a lot of hourly jobs right. that just kind of don't too, go beyond that position. Yeah. How would you get a job like working behind the stage, like helping to do the checklist, make sure the loaders are here? How do I work for Bogum Presents or a company like you? So, I mean, uh, like Live Nation, who is who I buy talent on behalf of for Greenfield Lake here in Wilmington, they are always having job fairs again. So that's that's a a good opportunity. Oh, I saw one, actually. They were at Greenfield Lake. They were just having an open job fair. Oh, really? I don't know. I saw a social media post about it. I've had a couple of interns over the years, specifically with Bogum Presents and um. One uh, individual is now uh, helping to run, actually, Red Rocks out there and uh, wow. and, and, and the indoor venue. Uh, I don't know that I taught him all this, but again, he got a passion no, for but it. it makes I, you proud. I guarantee you, I didn't. Right? Oh, cool venue. He didn't screw Could his he life get you up, some so. tickets <laughs> out in right. Red Rocks? That's right. Oh, yes, he could for sure. I, Jonathan stays near and dear to me. Love you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Have you earned yourself any nicknames along the way? Speaking of HR Nightmares. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we're not. People famous. think the Bogun music, is the a music nickname. Man. People, no, I yeah, mean, Bogun, I actually, I mean, Bogun is an epic nothing name. stands out. Your yeah. parents did a great job yeah. there. People think you know because I'm on the radio as well in the afternoon, and people will ask me what's my real name. You know, okay, I know. Well, because there's Shannon Gunn on Sirius XM. Yeah, she's like the hard rock chick. Yeah, no, I did not know that. Yeah. There's a Tommy Gunn who's uh, in radio here as well. So I get asked like, "Is that your brother?" <laughs> um, and then, um, but That's no, just I think epic they're like so they think that's like your yeah. show name yeah and they think it's my have show name, name. Yeah, what's my real name? so I, I think maybe my radio name should be like john smith or something yeah. like that <laughs> I, I don't know john Doe. but that's my name um and i feel like that it's pretty good I, the music man nothing like that i did get for a while um i was hosting pingo which is uh, the penguins version of bingo and i realized i had been hosting it a little too long when i got noticed in the grocery store as the bingo guy oh. <laughs> And not the radio guy or whatever. And so I, oh, I was like, I don't want to be the bingo guy at this age. No. <laughs> I got a lot of experience, though, when I get the to the bingo to the guy. Home. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. What are some of kind of the obstacles you face? So, you know, I'm not going to get into the controversial subject of, you know, Live Nation and right. some of the different things that have happened with them merging. But I am curious, you know, because Greenfield Lake was not always a Live Nation venue correct that's correct and so that's happened in the last handful of years like what have been like are there obstacles or do you see a great benefit to live nation taking over i see a lot of good benefit to to them having taken over and there's definitely some hurdles mainly in the ticketing arena Mm -hmm. um because when you live nation with live nation um generally comes Ticketmaster and um and uh, for all the great services they provide they also provide or they don't provide but service fees come along with mm-hmm. that one of the biggest challenges that we all face though but really particularly hit our industry was was covid i mean yeah. it was it took everything uh, away from the live music and touring business um and so what came from that is when 2021 everybody opened back up you had a floodgate of artists wanting to hit the road and then therefore the demand um the supply and the demand right. both spiked. Um, That's and, how they really make their money nowadays, though, Well, right? it is. And yeah. so, the, so the ticketing the ticketing from the agent level coming directly probably from the bands and management all kind of increased a little bit and then had to increase again because gas was expensive and all these other mm-hmm. things that, that were – prices were rising. Um, so the tickets have increased, A, because the, just the face value portion of it has increased. And then, right. again, at Greenfield Lake, um, it – went from a non-Ticketmaster venue to a Ticketmaster venue, so there was a little more fees that were uh, attached to it. So the as beautiful of, as and great feedback as we get there, specifically at Greenfield Lake, we have also seen an increase in just kind of disdain for the ticket prices. Yeah. And I don't want to wade in on social media uh, to such what feels like a hot button issue, but some of it, some of it is warranted. The fees are what they are. And you, you see a ticket for 30 bucks and you go check out and it's $45 and that's enough to make anybody like, what the heck, this is frustrating. Um, but it is kind of, that's, that's where it is. And a lot of it though, what what I want to point out is, Hey, the artists are also asking for a little bit more money. Um, and that's because, you know, a, maybe they can get it and B because they're trying to recoup income that was lost for the last two years. And hopefully with those fees, like you're getting a great run of show, you're getting a great venue, you're getting a whole staff that's ready to like 
produce the show on time, like with the talent that you, you promised. Yeah. So I, I think people forget you that it's pay not for just about show. the artist, but you think about the amount of employees that it takes to pull off any kind of one show it's and huge. you pay for that in all of that pricing. You not do. that that still like warrants Taylor Swift char- you know, sixteen thousand dollars for a ticket. Silliness. Yeah. Do not Bo had nothing to do with that, so don't reach out to him <laughs> about Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah, if it's something that's going really good, I'll take credit for it. Bogan yeah. <laughs> present. That's right. Um, okay. Well, um, talk to us about just like, uh, has there been anything intolerable like over the course of doing this for 20 years or so that like running this business or being in this business, is there anything intolerable or things that you've changed over time for your own staff or colleagues? You know, I'd love to answer that. I, nothing comes to mind um, that has been intolerable. Um, I, w- one thing that we have probably tried to lean into is to, to produce more shows. For a while, um, I was letting the agents kind of come to us and, and never really had much of a, um, an urgency to, to do like a show counts. Like, so if you reach out to a, a, an agent and you kind of they get the sense that you have to have this show, then there there might be a little bit of a fluff up in the uh, the what their guarantee, what they might be asking. So for a while, um, when I was just starting out and didn't really have that much cash flow, I would kind of let the shows come to me. Um, but one thing we have made a conscious decision on doing is trying to produce 40 shows a year at Greenfield Lake Amphitheater, um, which is a major uptick from what we had done prior to COVID, which was no more than 20. Wow. Um, last year, I think oh, we congratulations. hit 35. Oh, great, yeah. This year, we're at 33 and it's March. The show hasn't even played off yet, so we'll probably hit the 45 range. Um, big question mark, at least in this market, um, is, you know, can, you know, what can Wilmington, North Carolina sustain? We have that mm-hmm. other larger venue that, that, um, that, you know, that Dave Matthews and Fish and Robert Plant are playing at yeah. this year, but how much disposable income is there for entertainment, for live music? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of going to learn all that this year. We'll How see. many people does Greenfield Lake hold? That's fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred, yeah, and, and then the, Live Oak, our other one, 72. is like seven thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah seventy two hundred. Yeah. So it's yeah five. I times mean, the size. I, I will say, I mean, typically when you look, like the stuff at Greenfield Lake is usually sold out pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, and you know, maybe a little bit different from uh, straying away from HR nightmares, but um, it is still a nightmare nonetheless. When um, when you have a lot of folks that are disappointed because they wanted tickets. And they're kind of looking to, to figure out where do you place that blame. And you can't just kind of snap back like, hey, it's supply and demand because they don't want to hear that. But oftentimes, I mean, when you're overachieving and you're pulling an artist like Dave Matthews who can sell 20,000 tickets into a venue that can hold 7,000, it is yeah. going to get gobbled up quickly. What oh, doesn't yeah. help is that as soon as you get in to buy the tickets, people see a, a resale ticket that's on sale. It's like, well. How did that already happen so quickly? Bo knows this because I was already complaining (laughs) about Dave Matthews band tickets, and I still haven't gotten mine. But yeah, I was number fifteen hundred in the queue. We were we were one thousand. We got six, but we already sold the other four to our friends at ticket value. You're welcome, Bethany. Um, I guess so. Let's talk about just personal HR nightmares. Like any good stories to share with us along the way? Learnings that you've had. Why don't, why don't you tell us the story yeah, you told tell me you. about when I first, I, I was first time you had to fire somebody? <laughs> the first time I had to fire somebody, um, no fun to ever do no, that. It's I, awful. I hope I never have to do that again. Um, and, and I don't mean to make light of it, but I had no experience. So maybe you can learn from my um, no experience if you're out there just starting out. But we've all heard the phrase, you have to let someone go. I'm going to have to let them go. So um, I called this gentleman in the office 
um, who, by the way, has a much better job now. So we'll throw <laughs> you it did out him a there. favor. I did him a favor. <laughs> um, and I told he sat down. And I said, um, I'm going to have to let you go. And he was very excited and sat up in his chair. And he's okay, go where? Like I was sending oh, him on a sign. where am I going? And I was unprepared for that question. And I said, uh, uh, just go away. And it was a very bad experience <laughs> for both of us. Um, You're just going away. Away. You're going go away. Uh, I was like, you can't work here anymore. And so it's, it's funny looking back on now, but it was just talk about being unprepared um, for me in that role uh, and just kind of learning from that and, and understanding that that's a very heavy situation yeah. to be in and, and certainly no fun. Ever. It's oh I, I told you, my, my old company, we were nice people. And we used to use the word separate it versus terminated, right? Like we're separating your employment effective immediately, right? And sometimes there were employees that said, I don't understand that. Yeah. Separated. And I would just have to say, you're fired. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it is what it is. People I'm like, let's stop saying, using the, what we think is the softer term and yeah. just call it what it is. We had, right? a, yeah. we had an experience with someone who we thought, would be very angry and irate. And um, uh, my old boss at the time, he came down and we did it together. And it ended up not being as severe of a situation as we thought it was going to be. Um, but I'm curious, like, how, what's the recommendation when it's somebody that's kind of being a little bit of a troublemaker mm -hmm. in the office and you think maybe they're going to be loud and boisterous? Do you uh, do you take them somewhere separately? Do you ask the rest of the office to leave? Like, what is? how do you handle that? I, uh, if I may, put my interviewer yeah, I love on. it. Unfortunately, I think both of us, I, I can speak for myself, I've had to let hundreds of people go. Yeah, thousands. Um, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes in big groups of hundreds of people and sometimes yeah. Is this where we put your email address up on Mass, the screen? Yeah. Mass layoffs. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, uh, literally for a while I was, when I first met Andy, my husband, I was like doing the George Clooney up in the air thing, like flying out to California Goodness. and like letting salespeople go in hotel rooms. Um, yeah. But um, I think just for your average, like, run-of-the-mill kind of termination, someone's not performing, you've given them plenty of notice, um, but you still have to prepare. And this is something that I coach managers on every day, and, and I'll let you chime in, but, like, preparation is everything. And trying to anticipate who you're talking to, how they're going to react, what are the extremes, like, what's the spectrum of the reaction? Is it, like, you know, shutting down and, and, and not giving you any emotional response and, like, mm-hmm, 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 not even looking at the paperwork you're trying to present them with to the guy who, you know, flips a table on you. And, you know, I've been in that situation where really? basically mm -hmm. uh, me and a department head, it's like, hey, this guy's going to be probably pretty pissed. Like, and so we strategically, here's where we sit related to the door. Here's where they sit. Um, be prepared. Like, if we have to flip it, we look at each other and, and like, flip the table back on him. Um, you Goodness. know, having, That's like, a, yeah. I mean, legit, like, having people, especially if you're doing it, you know, if you're on shifts and you're doing it at night or early in the morning when there's not a lot of people around, like calling the sh the sheriff's department wherever you live, the sheriffs are wonderful. So calling them ahead of time and saying, "Hey, I'm about to have this like contentious termination termination meeting. We're hoping everything goes fine, but could you have somebody maybe like circling the neighborhood? Yeah, in the event that we've got a that we've got to call nine one one and like and, and get somebody in here to help us out in a more serious way, but. Yeah, I mean, you got to just kind of assess your own situation, physical security, how they're going to interpret it. Do you, you know, be, you, you got to know who they are, right? Like, do you be apologetic? Do you, um, you know, 
basically, you don't want to get into dysfunctional delivery, too, which right. sounds like maybe you were doing a little cushioning, yeah. like trying to be super, super nicey about I, the breakup. We, yeah, we were. We just really wanted to be like, can we just change the lock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically I mean, what Elon Musk did. So. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I think that, uh, like Lisa said, I've had all kinds of different situations, you know, in the business I was in for years, like there was only so many places you could go to have those conversations. So you didn't have all the options in the world. I would say if you think, you know, that, uh, that you need some support, then yeah, you got to prepare for that. I worked in a business. Luckily we did have some loss prevention people in the store. So I had a few times where I'm like, I need you to stand outside my office, please. If you yeah. hear any yelling, isn't Knock it, on the like door if, you go, if you ask someone, because yeah. it's like, eventually they're going to find out. So it's, but it's, I, I had this weird like juxtaposition. It's like, I don't want to give them a hint that this is going yeah. to happen. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, hey, meet me at the library where we've never met before or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, for what? I well, now, like, found, do you say for what? Yeah. Like, I think if you've warned people about performance and they understand, those, even though it doesn't always go well, have been easier than like I've had situations where you know I used to work for a major retailer and we were closing the store and we would bring the whole store together right. and, and make the announcement and, yeah. and like you know there were hundreds of employees there they all reacted a little bit differently and you know I had all the different situations but I'm always of the belief of like they're allowed to feel how mm -hmm. they feel right now, mm -hmm. right? Now, if they're making a scene or, you know, any kind of violent things are happening, then yeah, okay, that's a different story. But I can handle anyone screaming in my face and yelling at me. They're upset. They're going to be upset. <laughs> yeah. And I have to not let, you know, I was like, I'm going to continue to be the same empathetic yeah, kind and caring person. Are you allowed to say like, yeah, I can. this sucks? Like, oh, I, I always was like, right. this is terrible. Yeah. This we don't want this, right. you know, like, yeah, we never wanted to get to this place. Yeah. We didn't want to get to this place and we'll do everything we can to support you through what we need to do. You know, every situation is a little different on like what we're doing on that other end. But I always told my leaders, I'm like, don't ever lose your empathy and compassion. Even when I was terminating people from stealing for, you know, they were stealing from our company. Mm. I still walked into every one of those conversations. They're human beings. They made a big mistake and they're going to regret it because they're getting prosecuted, you know, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, That's it's up the to last line you say. Me. <laughs> I would leave the room. You're going to regret it. The team would go back in and be like, and the police are on their way. That's <laughs> after I did my like, yeah, but just <laughs> never lose your empathy for people. Yeah. I think people can feel that. So I've I think had, terminations I've had go hug me after I me fired too. them, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I disappointed you. Sometimes there's you. a way, right? Terrible. It's like, oh, this didn't. I didn't know how to quit, right? But it's I like, will I'm glad say, some of <laughs> yeah. it is dependent on how yeah. comfortable and confident the person delivering that news yeah. is, yeah. and right. that's typically people react yeah. to yep. other things. I can look back at 28 year old yeah. Bo delivering that news the first time. I was probably shaking and trembling and I didn't right. well, Just pr probably trying to get it out right. so you could be done with it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. unloading on the person across from you, which is, yeah, right. I mean, that's all about preparation, 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 and like practicing with somebody across the table. And if you've never done it yeah, before. Unfortunately, preparing doing is really it. Like, <laughs> like, no, doing it in there and again. Doing it. No, no, I'm not acting anymore. You're, yeah. really, you're, you're terminated. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is something that, like I coach people on too, is like you talk about dysfunctional delivery. It's like the you, you, you practice, so especially if you're an introvert and you've not done it very often or never done it before. It's like 
practicing to the nth degree that you actually come off as like like mechanical and like a robot when you're sitting across from the person. That's even worse than like unloading on somebody right. sometimes. Or just like reading what the about, paper. It's not necessarily yeah. new media these days, but what like texts. I mean, that seems about as, uh, I wouldn't say cowardly, but as disconnected. But at, at times, is that? It is so cowardly. That is like horrible. Yeah, I believe firmly. I haven't done that. I'm asking. I don't even like to have like serious conversations. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like as women, we're like, no, he broke up with me over text. No, yeah, no, no. But I just firmly believe that texts are for like quick, easy, not serious, important life things you know and you could so text me, me come to my office right now i'd like to talk about your performance yeah sure and then i go in there and i'm like oh crap but yeah yeah like we're not putting a twitter announcement that we're right. like, firing, firing everyone, everyone. We're gonna hire, yeah Again, you can reapply if you'd like in but yeah months. i mean we've yeah. seen all of those articles you know over the the last couple of years of like the zoom meeting that went mm-hmm. bad i mean listen during covid we did have to do some mass reductions in force and we had to do it over zoom there was no other way right. to get the announcement out but we it was methodical we thought it out we had a long session for q a we thought through all the stuff we had the right leaders delivering the message so there's a way to do everything yeah and you said like cowardly like my big thing is and anybody listening that's ever worked for me i'll be like oh my god here she goes again just like managerial Mm -hmm. courage and like really sitting down and asking yourself like what is the message i am trying to get across to this person and like having your bullets and Non-negotiable with yourself, like you got to get those things out. The the honest feedback for your folks, they they deserve it. I was about to say it can better they them if they it. are willing to listen. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if they don't, there's your sign. Yeah. yeah, move on. Yeah, yep. If you need help moving on, you know who to call. <laughs> Q telephone number. Yeah, Q right, telephone right. number exactly. Um, okay, so if you could bring anybody to any of your amphitheaters, who would you bring? Hmm. Oh gosh, we've started to check. I think I would bring Sturgill Simpson. Who is Sturgill Simpson? I don't even know who no, that is. No. Oh, I feel I'm bad. sorry, Sturgill, if you're listening to this podcast. That's okay. Sturgill Simpson <laughs> is at this point he's an artist that I've been trying. First off, no, I take it back. I want a mulligan. I would, okay. I would bring All right, that's I would fine. bring um who's have you heard you may not have heard of him either. Billy Strings. No. Who's maybe he's done on your these no. Are they, what kind of so, artists uh, are these? Let's look so they're Americana out. slash bluegrass or, okay. or alt country, whatever you want that to call them. That might be why. Oh. Yeah. I don't know anything in Billy the country Strings, genre. Billy Strings is riding a rocket ship to the moon right now with wow. his stardom and fame. He's selling out coliseums everywhere. But okay. in, um, We're checking in him 2020, out. So January young? of 2020, he's a young kid. I think he's in his 20s. Oh. I had him booked for one night at Greenfield Lake Amphitheater. It sold out within seconds. Wow. So we added two additional nights. So it was a three-night run. Sold out within seconds. Wow. Well, this was in January. Fast forward a couple months, COVID hits, and uh, we have to reschedule the shows for just, we're going to do it for three weeks because we're only going to be shut down for two weeks. So we're going to push the <laughs> right. shows back. Remember when we thought um, that? <laughs> yes, yes, right. And then so those three weeks went, came and went, and uh, we rescheduled again. And then the six months came and went. And uh, by then, Billy Strings had strapped himself firmly to this rocket of fame. Um, at, in some circles, apparently. Okay. And uh, and he all uh, country. We need to go clearly Google not that. in our no. circle. <laughs> so he, I mean, he's changing the face of, of bluegrass music in oh, general. That's cool. But but uh, 
nonetheless, that is who I'd like to have here. I do. You booked him once. You can do it again. I've been Billy trying. Strength, I've been trying. Now he's, um, he's kind of even too he's big for the. He's more famous uh, than he was three years he's, ago. Yeah, I can't Those get him. Those ticket prices are going to have $45. Live, he'll be a live so, nation or live oak. Not yeah. those balls. But uh, yeah, Billy Strings would be the now. artist. He, he's a, just a, a real true, honest good person you can tell he donates a lot of money to to, oh, um, to like school cool. programs yeah. to purchase instruments and stuff like you that you gotta give back yeah do you, do you guys ever consider non-concert shows like all these new like podcast live shows like girls gotta eat and some we, of the different live have, shows that's actually something that i want to do i have not produced anything like that before yeah. and i need to get outside of my comfort zone i'm pretty conservative when it comes to to uh, gambling, so to speak, because yeah. a lot of times concert production is gambling, and I will use the strengths of the two radio stations that I programmed to, to kind of help prop that up. But podcasts, um, there's been some um, like children's shows. Like I don't know if it's like yeah. touring Blippy or whatnot, but especially when my kids were little, <laughs> oh, I was like, dear. oh my gosh, I can make we gotta it. get Blippy. But you know, the bar sales there aren't necessarily <laughs> the, the, no. maybe the parents. Really, right I was like, I feel like the bar sales smoothies, you could just, like, show. Yeah. Yeah. juice boxes. Yeah. What a deal. Whatever. It's a 24-ounce juice box. <laughs> yeah, but you're not allowed to bring juice into the stadium, so sorry. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. that's... that's um, Billy that, Strings. And then who's been your favorite artist to work with ever? Lucas Nelson, who oh, okay. is Willie Nelson's son. Yeah. Um, and if you may recall, uh, in 2018, uh, Wilmington was directly hit with Hurricane Florence. And I we had produced Lucas Nelson shows prior to that. Um, we became close friends. But he went out of his way to text, um, guessing in the aftermath on TV and asked what he could do. And I was like, Oh, that's nice of, you know, people sometimes. And then a couple days later, he's like, no, what can we do? Should we come down and play? Well, he did. He and his band, he flew his band at, at his expense wow. to Wilmington. We did a, um, overflow was the, um, for Florence overflow, uh, was the charity, which helped a lot of the downtown business. We raised $68,000. Wow. Oh my God. Uh, that's a major amount of money. Yeah. Wow. And he, I mean, he, he really, Again, he started that, and then he wouldn't let it go. Because I thought, you know, that's nice of him, but what are we going to do? And he was like, well, should we do a show? Well, yeah, we did. Um, so that's – he is a, a a hero of mine. He's a young guy, oh. too. Um, yeah, so. That's amazing. But he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> Lucas Nelson, Billy Strings. These are people and we Sturgelson. need to go for. I'll, I'll look into and all Sturgelson. three of those. Yeah, I'll not, send you links. I'm not any good in the, like, country genre. You're living in the Who's South, girl. Yeah, somebody last year came and I got free tickets to somebody. I'm like, I don't even know who this who, is. Who do you remember? Was that it was that, that much that, of an impression? Um, well, was that Dave Matthews guy? No, yeah. Well, I mean, I did go to college, <laughs> so I was a Dave Matthews a fan, obviously. Um, that he came during Azalea Fest week on the Thursday oh, show. Colt Swindell, Brantley, Brantley something. Brantley yeah, Gilbert. that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I got tickets, so I went. That's I all you have I, to say about it. I went. <laughs> You know what? That's the thing with with music, and to take it somewhat full circle, is that I produce what I'm familiar with um, and and I'm comfortable with. And we talked about maybe kind of quote unquote gambling or taking a risk on. But uh, aside from just podcasts, really trying to get outside of my comfort zone and recognizing that there are other genres out there, there are a lot more people that may not have heard of these artists or care to. Yeah, and trying to learn their music and understand, you know, you know, just doing that research. Um, on them and trying to expand Wilmington's, you know, live music scene outside of what I'm familiar with or comfortable yeah. with has been a challenge. And um, pro hopefully will continue to be one because that keeps life interesting. But, I would uh, love to see that because personally, 
There's a lot of country concerts for me, so I haven't been going <laughs> but, to a whole I lot. I mean, you look at a, I look at a music I get festival it. lineup. I live in the I'm South. Like, I know the top three people now, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the other 40, 100 bands. I'm That's like, every I'd like festival to see, I'd like now. to see a little but more wasn't. like indie singer, songwriter stuff. Yeah. You know, well, he's got that. the Indigo Girls coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sold out. Yeah. And then what about your um, music festival in Beaufort? Yeah, Beaufort Music Festival, which is, I'm. Is it from sold Beaufort, out? North Carolina. It is not sold out, no. no. Okay, so go so, get yeah. your tickets to Beaufort yeah. Music, yeah, music Festival. Bogum Presents. No, yeah. Bogum Presents. Yeah. But to clarify, so yeah, Beaufort, or just for some who may have never even heard of that, uh, people think that it is my festival, but I, I'm from Beaufort, okay. which is the town. Um, but, which is funny, but I, I'm named but because after the it's town. Bo- <laughs> so people thought that it was, some people here thought that that was my music festival. But We've uh, never been to that we music festival. It. we got to really check cool. it out. When it's is it? It's really small. I mean, it's, it's very small. There's a couple thousand people there on the water. Beaufort's a really small, beautiful yeah. fishing town. It's like the most picturesque fishing town there like in all of yeah. North Carolina. You got to go. There you have When it. is it? It's May 19th and 20th. Oh, May 19th. Oh. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right you before Dave Matthews. We may have some softball <laughs> right games at Matthews, that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, any final comments? I just thank you for having me on here and I hope um, that Whatever my experience or insights have been helpful to at least somebody oh, out there definitely. listening and watching. I think yeah. following your passion and like pursuing music in any way it can turn into like this big successful thing like you've done um, for yourself and for our community. I just thank you for everything that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Where Thanks can people find you? Oh, where can they He's find He's deleted me? all his social media accounts. He's not on social me. media. He doesn't yeah. want you tagging yeah. him, and I couldn't get Taylor Swift tickets. They can find me at Greenfield Lake Amphitheater at a concert. Okay, <laughs> go buy those tickets. Check out go get the Beaufort Music Festival. Yeah, um, but th- thanks uh, Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. Check out Work Talk, Leith HR Group's employee engagement app that we've created for our clients and beyond. Um, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cool. Thank that you. Was fun.